You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord, and others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template, with Monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment. Hey, Jason, have you ever been invited to an ugly Christmas sweater party? Yeah. And there's this tension because I go to the local thrift store and all the cool sweaters are gone. And then you have to like fight people at the at the thrift store for a cool sweater. I mean, that's what happens to me. I don't know about you, but uh, I have a solution for you. We have some ugly Christmas sweater t-shirts available on our website, electioncollege.com slash store. Yeah. Rock the holiday season with one of these t-shirts. We have Andrew Jackson, Andy Jack, John Quincy Adams, you know, the Q, and of course, Alexander Hamilton. Yeah. Why not? We figure... We thought it was humorous. Maybe you will too. And if you don't, that's fine. Just don't go to the website. We don't care. Uh, <laughs> make sure to head over there. You could buy one for yourself, get one for your family, grab one for a friend, or even a white elephant gift. You can never have too many of those laying around. Yeah, it'll definitely be the life of the party no matter what. Election College, episode 142. Gerrymandering. Let's throw a political party. Face it, the political scene sucks, but did it always? It's time for election college, and class is in session. Now, your hosts, Jason Goff and Ben Smith. Hey, Ben, you've heard of gerrymandering, right? Yeah, it's from Seinfeld. Yes. Jerry. <laughs> Thanks. That You're welcome. Brought back like a flood of memories. <laughs> Hello, Ben. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. So gerrymandering, for those of you who don't know, is the practice of redistricting a particular territory that might favor a political party. And this is nothing new to United States history. It goes all the way back to, well, the first Congress. And the whole word gerrymander comes from an article written in 1812 in the Boston Gazette. And the inspiration comes from our friend Elbridge Gerry, who was the governor of Massachusetts. And Governor Gerry wanted to redistrict Massachusetts to benefit his Democratic-Republican Party. And so he draws his map that looks really good for the Democratic-Republicans. And this territory looked like it was in the shape of a salamander. So there you go. Gerrymander. Gerrymander. Gerrymander sounds like it could easily be a guy's name. And I guess the first part of it is, but... Speaking of going all the way back to the first Congress, Patrick Henry, he's a good guy, right? 1788, yeah. he and the other Anti-Federalists are like, you know, we like being in charge. We like the Virginia House of Delegates. 
it's a good thing for us. So they actually went and drew some different boundaries for one of the districts there in Virginia. And they're like, James Madison, we don't like James Madison. We're not going to let him into the House of Representatives. And it didn't work, but they, at any rate, still tried to manipulate things out of the way they should have been just to favor them. So like Jason said, it didn't get its name until 1812, but it you know, certainly was around. Uh, corruption, I guess, has never been above uh, our politicians here in our country. Yeah. So it is what it is. And we'll yeah. talk about some of the good things and some of the bad things that come out of gerrymandering. Hey, Ben, in the last episode, we talked about the census, and the census does establish the apportionment of how many seats in the House of Representatives your state is going to receive. So, good deal. That's up to the federal government to say, hey, Pennsylvania, you've got this many seats. Hey, Ohio, you've got this many. Florida, there you go, and and so on. Well, it really is out of the federal government's hands at that point. Once they establish, here you go. So the state legislatures, in most cases, determine how the layout of the congressional districts are going to happen in each state. Ben, my congressional district is gerrymandered because, well, it makes no sense. (laughs) Uh, Mine in particular is um, in northern Kentucky. It runs all the way from the eastern portion of the state along the Ohio River near Ashland, Kentucky, and then just follows the river all the way to the northern suburbs of Louisville. And what does somebody in Ashland, Kentucky care about that's similar to somebody in Louisville? Well, there's a river. There are some seriously messed up uh, districts. There are also some ones that you look at and you're like, huh, okay. They were just like, just slapping it in there. Like they didn't even, it didn't even make sense the way they did it. Uh, Obviously wasn't uh, thought out too much, at least from the way it looks. So, um, you know, there are good and bad about those. There have been multiple instances of pretty much a either Republican or Democratic uh, weighted legislature going and weighing it in their favor. So, of course, you know, you have more dense urban areas. You're going to have more minority populations. That's just the way it is. So uh, the minority vote typically does go further towards the Democratic side. So the Democrats would prefer to have a larger selection of those votes. So they'll redraw the district in that way. And if you don't like it, it doesn't really matter because that's the way they're going to do it. Same with the Republicans. If there is, if they find a district that has a high, uh, or an area that has a high number of people who would normally vote for the Republicans, they will completely twist and turn it and make it weird shapes so that it goes in their favor as well. So you can imagine all the logistics and uh, everything that go into this, just trying to do it the right way, let alone trying to do it in a way that benefits you. Yeah, there's a crazy district in North Carolina that exemplifies this perfectly. (laughs) It's this thin line that runs all the way. 
well, to say it's a line, it's kind of a, I don't know. It does look a little bit like a dragon or something, but it goes all the way from the southern suburbs of Charlotte, of the Charlotte metro area, and then kind of goes into a thin line up towards Winston-Salem and then over to Greensboro. And it makes no sense because, well, for those of you who know the Carolinas, Winston-Salem and Greensboro are kind of near each other. But Charlotte, there's there's a good bit of distance yeah. between there. And yes, if you live in Charlotte, it's quite possible that you don't live in the 12th district because, well, it doesn't include the whole city. It's <laughs> it, it, it just takes out different portions of that city. And, and the same with Winston-Salem and the same with Greensboro. It doesn't cover the entire city. It's just covering certain portions of each of those cities. So, Jason, this sounds like illegal to me, right? I mean, you're basically fixing or fixing it for yourself an election or the way your state votes as compared to anything else. So let's back it up to 1986. There is a case called Davis versus Bandemer. And the Supreme Court says, yeah, this gerrymandering, the way that it's being done, this doesn't hold up. It's against equal protection clause. But we don't really know what the standard should be as opposed to what it is currently. So um, they said, yeah, we don't really want you to do this, but don't do it as, you know, if it's like truly, truly obvious. Uh, And also talk to the lower courts about it. And so... Um, the lower courts say, yeah, this is pretty impossible to apply. We can't really figure out how, how it's, how it should work. So, uh, we don't know what to do about it either. So the Supreme court again, took a look at gerrymandering or at least partisan gerrymandering in 2004, the justices were divided and there was really no conclusion. It's just, everybody is kind of like, uh, (laughs) sometimes I think it's a good idea, perhaps, maybe not, but I don't want to say one way or another. Right. Yeah. If it benefits me, it's an awesome idea. If it doesn't, it's terrible. So really since about 2000, which isn't all that long ago, when you look at these things, uh, there's been a little bit better on the bipartisan gerrymandering. So uh, it's still gerrymandering to an extent. Gerrymandering, by the way, is like, that's an offensive term almost if you say you're gerrymandering something or... So if you say that, you know, someone's gerrymandering something, it's just not... uh, You're you're saying something about them negative. So anyway, there's a lot of stuff that can go along with with gerrymandering. And I mentioned earlier about some different ways that it can be applied uh, for different political parties. But there's also racial gerrymandering, and and it can affect uh, different races negatively. Yeah. And, you know, we all know that after the Civil War, there were a lot of controversies that arose in that era of Reconstruction, especially in the South. And between the Reconstruction era and really the 1950s, the 1960s, this really hit home in the South because you had white Southern Democrats who were in charge of the state legislatures. 
And what they would do is they would gerrymander the districts to reduce the impact of minority voting. So really, prior to the Voting Rights Act in 1965 and some of the legislation that came out of that, it was based on whatever the different agendas were of the legislatures. Yeah, and so there's a lot of negative type stuff that comes from it racially, uh, racial gerrymandering, but there's also some sometimes good things. For instance, that that uh, district you mentioned earlier, Jason, the North Carolina 12th Congressional District, it has a lot of minority vote in it. Well, if you rearrange that area a different way, just you know, a couple miles even outside of the way it's set up now, you're going to have mostly white people. <laughs> That's just the, the long and short of it. It's going to be mostly white people and the minority votes are going to be suppressed or you know, they're, they're going to matter a lot less than they would the way it's currently set up. So in this instance, the uh, minorities have a voice and they have a way to be able to say, this is the person we want to elect for this court or whatever it is, even if it's not an election, if it's uh, voting for something in particular in your district. So there are certainly uh, bad things. There are also what you could say are good things about gerrymandering. Uh, it gives a voice to the otherwise voiceless. Yeah, and in this era where we have computers to help us, there is talk of having maybe some neutral analysis of populations and taking data that they know about the different demographics within states to be able to redraw these districts so it looks, well, not like a bunch of crazy dragons. <laughs> Keep on going back to dragons, but that's just <laughs> what some of these look like. Yeah, and all over the place you see different states and commissions and everything popping up that are uh, saying, yeah, we want to make sure that our districts are all equally fair or unfair for different candidates. And so they're, of course, um, putting in different committees and commissions and laws in place to make it more or less possible for uh, these things to happen. There's also a few states, not many, that are pretty good on doing bipartisan gerrymandering. Uh, so, you know, they get together, they uh, agree or disagree, but eventually come out of the room with a, um, a unified stance on what the district should be. So I'm sure that involves some trading, you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours kind of stuff. But at the very least, at least both sides are working on it. Yeah. So it's certainly something that's not new <laughs> to the government and how we are represented. And well, I don't think it's going to go away anytime soon. But uh, the big thing that both Democrats and Republicans are trying to do is, well, become a little more transparent about how districts are redrawn when it comes time to do that. And, um, well, let's face it, when things are brought into the light, well, hopefully truth will prevail and there will be more of a check and balance on where districts are drawn in the future. 
All right, we would really appreciate it if you would head over to iTunes. I know some of you don't even use iTunes, but the vast majority of you, at least according to our analytics, do. And we would love it if you would just simply take a couple seconds to leave a star rating and a review on our podcast. If you're listening after like 141 episodes, you probably like us okay. Or if you're just picking it up today, maybe you hate us. It doesn't matter. Just go ahead and leave us a review, and we would be really appreciative. It helps us bump up in the rankings and helps other people find out about us quickly. Yeah, and we love interacting with each and every one of you on one of our social media properties. We are on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Election College. Don't forget about those ugly Christmas sweaters and ugly Christmas t-shirts. We're going to be, you know, pumping those out all through the holiday season. And of course, the rest of the year too. You can go over to electioncollege.com slash store to pick up your favorite long or short, short sleeved Alexander Hamilton, John Quincy Adams, or Andrew Jackson. That's the three we have up for now. Uh, have fun with it. Yeah. And we will see you next week. <laughs>